0: Blog Talk Radio. We got Welcome to Talk Mary to Me Radio, the book and television edition. It is Tuesday, March 2nd, 2021. I am Megan and I am here with the ever lovely Kristen. What's up, Kristen?
1: Nothing. I'm so excited that we're finally here because life has kept us apart.
0: Life has kept us apart. I realized that we kind of got into our life is like in a rhythm where we do two shows back to back and then we do two shows canceled. <laughs> and then we do two shows. Right. But we are going to break. And we're like, we're going to do this show.
1: And then like migraines in mid 30s hit us.
0: <laughs> yeah, basically. But we're going to break the two show curse and we're going to get to three shows in a row.
1: <laughs> we're just yes, going we ready for it. Talk.
0: We're going to do it. Yes. All right, well, today is our book and television uh, show, so we're going to be doing some book recommendations, talking about some TV shows we're watching. Um, We have some really big updates in the entertainment world as well because of the Golden Globes and some other things that are going on. And then we're going to get to our main conversation. So we're doing a series um, where we're going to be focusing on TV actors or actresses and showcasing their work and the characters that they've played and we're starting with both me and Kristen's favorite badass lady, um, who is um, Mariska Hargitay, who plays Olivia Benson on Law & Order SVU. So we're super excited to, to be like able to when talk I grow about up. her. Yes, I'm 100% with you. Everyone needs to be Olivia Benson. She's amazing. But we'll talk more about yes. that in detail a little bit later. Uh, But let's start off with some entertainment news. Uh, Well, the first thing is we have some royal family news. Um, So we do,
1: yeah. And I just want to say that some of this is just a little older than I tend to like, but it was from like two weeks ago, and I feel like some of it's super like valid still. So um, Harry and Meghan, um, you know, Prince Harry and Meghan Markle are having baby number two, which is super exciting. Because she went through a miscarriage not that long ago. So this is exciting yes. for them. Um, and they're also doing their first interview since parting ways as active members of the royal family. With Oprah, there's been some clips shown. Apparently, there's, like, no holds. Like, Oprah in one of the clips is, like, nothing is off limits. And they're, like, right. So they talk about it all. And um, I saw a clip where Harry was, like, I, redid this. Because I was worried history was going to repeat itself, like it did with my mother, but with Megan. and I was like, "Ooh!" So that airs March seventh, which is I think Sunday, right?
0: Yeah, and I'm I'm super curious because we don't ever really get to see members of the royal family be candid because they're yes. trained not to, <laughs>
1: um, and you they know, have I'm
0: keep so- secrets, and be all stoic. But I'm I'm excited to, to hear. Yeah
1: not knowing these people at all personally, like I've always thought Harry was really cool because he's always been like a wild one, but he's, he's the wild kid, but he's always like super giving too. like always doing, he has very specific charities and stuff. He always works with, he's always helping. Um, and when he got with Meghan Markle, like we interviewed Meghan Markle back in our artists on demand days um, when he was on, was it suits? White Collar? So, yeah, I do which one she was on. Yeah. That um, was, I was the right era. She was super, yeah, she was super cool. Um, She's also someone who likes to give back charity. She speaks up for, like, Black Lives Matter and women's rights. And um, so I think it's a big deal what they did because stepping away can't be easy. I'm sure there's a lot of family drama with that. That's behind the scenes that we don't get to see. Um, and it probably was not an easy decision, especially like not only were we not being active, but we're going to move to a different country. Yes.
0: Because the British press is a bit insane.
1: Yeah. But let's be real. Is LA paparazzi any better? (laughs) I think it's a little different. I think
0: it's in terms of the treatment of the royal family, the British is, uh, paparazzi is that, that has its own character for sure.
1: You win time. Thank you. <laughs> yeah.
0: Um so that will be I will definitely be watching that interview cuz I'm so curious. There's also been a couple of like strange pop idol situations that are like tragic and also just um it's weird that it happened back to back uh, kind of close to each other. Um the first thing is uh Nicki Minaj's father was killed in a hit and run accident while he was walking down the road, which is completely sad and horrible. And then the yeah, other I'll thing is that Lady, Gaga, Lady Gaga's dog walker was shot, and then her dogs oh, were oh stolen, but now they're
1: back. Her, yeah, her, um, what were they, her boxers. Yeah. And then one the star, Degrassi like, died. That's right. I just saw the... I don't know.
0: He's 29. That's really sad. It is really sad. here So that's some oh. weird pop idol tragedies for you. But thankfully, Lady Gaga has a bit of a happier ending because the dogs have been returned. Um, and hopefully here, Dog Walker will be okay. Um, and that weird thing is like these things stop happening. Um so I decided to give you this one, Kristen, because I felt like you would be really, very, very, excited about it. That is, what is going on April 1st? That is not April Fool's. It's actually
1: happening. I am I hope. stupidly excited. Like, can, have I, I don't know, like all the clips, all the ads, all the promos, I'm like sharing them 12 times. But Law and Order: Organized Crime debuts at 10 p.m. on April 1st on NBC. Listen, guys, I'll stay up till 10 p.m., but I am gonna spend the, I'm going napping, just so I can stay up and watch it live, because Stabler is coming home, baby. I am so excited for Law and Order: Organized Crime to launch with um, Chris Maloney. Who played stable art all those years in S V U alongside our favorite Mary Shahar And they are yep. coming back for like a two hour um, premiere crossover, so it'll be SVU followed by organized crime. Yep. And I'm so excited. I think
0: really? um, and it, it definitely looks like from the ads they are going to be addressing his absence because it needs to be. Because I know that there's some fans who love Tabler, but are incredibly mad at him at the same time. Because some real, real drama happened to Benson after he left that seems out of character for him not to have been like, to at least call and be like, hey, are you okay? (laughs) Right. You're doing like, but that didn't happen, or at least as far as we know. Um, from the audience's point of view. So that definitely seems like it's going to be addressed, which is great. Yep. So mark your calendars, everyone. April 1st. It's happening. Um, And then the major news from the weekend was the Golden Globe. So, Kristen, did you get an opportunity to watch the Golden Globe this weekend? How was it?
1: Okay, I have to be real. I I didn't watch it, but... I read all about it, and I watched a lot of clips. I don't have cable, guys, so it's really hard for me to watch things like that unless I can find them streaming. Um, but lots right. happened, and I just want to give a shout-out to my favorite show, Shit's Creek, who won Best TV Series in a Comedy, and Catherine O'Hara, who won Best Actress in a Comedy for Shit's Creek. Love that show. Well-deserved. And I'm actually disappointed that the rest of the cast didn't win theirs. Yeah, no, that's surprising to me they,
0: they only won two. I thought they were going to win a few more. Um, but they yeah. did win those two. Another big winner was, of course, The Crown, um, the Netflix series. They won yep. Best TV Series Drama. Um, they won three mm-hmm. acting awards, including Emma Corrin um, for her portrayal of Princess Diana, Josh O'Connor for his Prince Charles, and Gillian Anderson for supporting actress for her role as Margaret Thatcher. So um, taking home four wins for The Crown. Um, Another one that also saw some pretty big success was Queen's Queen's Gambit, if I can talk, um, for Best TV Limited Series. And um, Anya Taylor-Joy, Best Actress in a a Limited Series, as well. Um, And then on the movie front, um, the best motion picture was No Man's Land. Um, they also won Best Director uh, for Chloe Zhao, who becomes the first Asian female to ever win a Best Director Golden Globes. That's pretty cool, some history, although it should have been much sooner. But at least that record is now broken. Mm-hmm. And I have, to, I have to admit, I was looking at the, the nominees for Best Picture. I have not seen very many of them. <laughs> It makes me. You know that's not abnormal
1: in my opinion.
0: (laughs) Usually though, like I'm fifty percent, but I think for this time around it was like ten percent. So I was like, man, I really need to watch Uh, some of these films. The one that I did watch uh, was the United States versus Billie Holiday Hulu uh, movie, um, and uh, that one took home an award for Best Actress for Andre Days. Um, portrayal of Billie Holiday, which was really good. Um, Her acting was amazing. Uh, Best Animated Film went to Soul. Best Screenplay uh, went to The Trial of the Chicago 7. And this is the one that made me cry, and I'm sure, Kristen, you also watched this clip. Um, Best Actor went to Chadwick Bozeman for his performance of Ma Rainey's Black Bottom and his uh, widow wife I accepted it on his behalf, and um, her acceptance speech was was very very sweet and very moving. Um, and and I'm really glad that even after his passing, he um got the award that I have honestly thought he was going towards. Like I thought he was going to be one of those actors who constantly got name, nominated for things because he's that good.
1: Yeah. So, I. I I get a really sad thing about Chadwick Boseman because it's always, you know, we always say, like, gone too soon, and, like, yeah, it was super early for him to die, but, like, there are people in this world that just, like, they definitely give more than they take, and I feel like he was one of them, and it was, that was, like, a harder loss than some others, not because they're less worthy, but just because of, like, how much joy he brought the world, and I think it was just yeah. more. It was it was just more, Like he did really important roles, like that role in May Rainey's Black Bottom. Um, but he also like knowing now that he was sick the entire time he played Black Panther. All those meet and greets, yeah. all those things, like that was really sad to me. And but he was amazing, that was and that fair. speech did bring me to tears. Sadness
0: it did. He, the in terms of like the grieving process, uh, him and Heath Ledger, I feel like I'm going through the same process, and it's like it's a combination of just yep. having the utmost respect for someone's work, and also grieving the potential, because it didn't feel like they were done. Heath Ledger didn't feel like he was finished with his career. It felt like he was just getting started, and I felt like the same thing was yeah, probably definitely. both Ben. So it was like. It, it's yep. like grieving all those potential amazing roles that he would have brought to life and um because he's he, he's that talented and and having such an important part in it um being a uh, black actor um, where that representation is, is is sadly needed um for representation that hopefully will continue to get better all yes. right so let's talk about t v yeah.
1: So what is going on with your TV habits, Kristen? I've watched a lot lately. I'm very impressed with myself because, like, I haven't been watching a lot of TV. I haven't been getting into stuff, falling behind on my shows. But I caught up on my shows. Um, I watched a really good mini series documentary on Netflix called Killer Inside the Mind of Aaron Hernandez. Um, And Aaron Hernandez was the New England Patriots um, football player who was arrested for murder... And um, of Oden Lloyd, which was his girlfriend's, or his fiance's sister's boyfriend. Um, And then he ended up killing himself in prison after he um, he won, or like he won an appeal, um, which everyone thought was a good sign that he could win another appeal to get out of prison. And then he killed himself like three days later. So it was really sad, Uh, but fascinating because they talk about that, that brain thing that football players are having and how he, they had never seen such an advance um, in someone so young. He was only 29 and um, he had um, a stage three out of four, um, which is crazy for someone only 29 years old. So um, it talks about like his childhood and why he might've been the way he was and how that CTE might've taken part in his behavior. I'm not excused it, but maybe explained it. Um, I'm also rewatching Criminal Minds, and I'm kind of obsessed with the new Superman and Lois series on CW that just started. Oh, I
0: haven't checked it, it out, awesome.
1: but it definitely looks interesting. It's so good. The first I was I get nervous because they keep remaking this crap, and it was really good. I was very impressed with the first episode. So that's what I'm watching. Yeah, for sure. Um
0: as for me, um I've just been on a hardcore SCU uh trying to catch up for April 1st. Um I oh. basically I stopped watching after the 19th season finale, not because I stopped mm-hmm. wanting to watch it, but I got super busy and there's 24 episodes in a season usually. So once you fall behind, it starts to feel a little bit overwhelming. So <laughs> that do you does that ever happen? Yeah, to you, it Christ? does. <laughs> And then you just go through, like, the psychological, like, I'll catch up, and then, like, more episodes happen, and you're like, oh, man, and then, like, another season, and it's like, it just, it just got worse, so, um, that's apparently what I <laughs> did, yeah, <laughs> um, so that's apparently April 1st, and, in and, and Stabler coming back was all I needed. I got through season 20 over the weekend, so I'm on season 21, um, and so I'm, I'm I'm getting through it. I'll definitely be yeah, ready almost there. First. You're so close. Yeah, almost there. Um, and hopefully, I won't get busy and then do that psychological loophole that happens. Like if it was like a twelve episode show, it doesn't feel as like oh, I'm I'm a little bit behind. But when it's twenty oh. four episodes, it can sometimes. So if you yeah. haven't done your watch or you have gotten into that loop as well take this time, catch up because Stabler's coming. And it's you need to be yeah. All right. Let's go into the book world. So Kristen, when it comes to the New York bestsellers for fiction, what's going on?
1: So super fun because there's lots of trends that I'm noticing. So, um, in This right now is The Duke and I by Julia Quinn, which is the first book in the Bridgerton series, which, as we all know, was made into the TV show that was super popular. Um, and it's all about Daphne Bridgerton's reputation as she searches for a husband. Again, if you've seen the Netflix series, read the book. But that's this is an older book. There's like eight in the series. Um, and so this is just book one um, is old, but it's been in the top. It's been on the bestsellers list again for eight weeks now. So shows you how TV influences the book world as well. Um, for sure. And then in fourth, um, there's relentless by Mark Greeny. This is a new book. It's the 10th book in the gray man series, which is um, assassins go after court gentry as he attempts to bring back an American agent who went missing. So kind of like a spy thriller. Um, and then three, And two are both by Kristen Hanna. The first one is Firefly Lane, um, which is a friendship between two women in the Pacific Northwest, indoors for more than three decades. This is also a new show on Netflix starring Katherine Heigl. Um, Mm -hmm. It looks really good. I have not had the chance to watch it. But again, that and then The Four Winds by Kristen Hanna just came out. um, And that one is number two, and that's um, As as Dust Storms Rolled During the Great Depression, Elsa must choose between Saving the Family and Farm or Heading West. Um, So both of those Kristen Hanna books, pick them up. And then in first is A Court of Silver Flames by Sarah J. Moss. It's the fifth book in A Court of Thorns and Roses series, which is highly popular right now. And it's Nesta. Archeron is forced into close quarters with a warrior named Cassian. So if you're reading that series, your next book is now out. So
0: basically, the theme is TV.
1: Yeah. People are like, oh, this is good. Maybe I should read the book. No, you should read the book and then watch the show, people. Get with the program. <laughs> I think no matter what your entry point
0: is, you should just read more. So if, you, if TV oh yeah, is influencing you to read, do That's,
1: it. I'm totally picking um, on you because I'm, I'm guilty. I haven't re- read The Duke and I, but I've seen
0: Bridgerton, so fair. It's easy to do. Fair, fair. All right. For the nonfiction world, um, number five is Cast the Origins of Our Discontents by Isabel Wickerson. This has been on for 29 weeks. This is the book that I'm reading next, after I finish the book that I'm currently reading. Um, Just as a Pulitzer Prize-winning journalist examines aspects of caste systems, across civilizations and reveals the rigid hierarchy in America today. Um, So focusing on hierarchies and power, who doesn't, who does, um, for multiple case studies and then examining um, the system that we have in the United States today. So number four is Walk in My Combat Boots by James Patterson and Matt Eversman with Chris Mooney. It's a collection of interviews with troops who have fought overseas. Mm -hmm. Number three is The Some of Us by Heather McGee. Uh, This is new on the list. Um, The chair of the board of the racial justice organization Color of Change analyzes the impact of racism on the economy. Number two is Just As I Am by Cece Tyson and Michelle Burford. It's been on for four weeks. Uh, The late iconic actress describes how she worked to change perceptions of black women through her career choices. And number one is how to avoid a climate disaster by Bill Gates. This is new on the list. Um, Bill Gates provides his prescription for what business governments and individuals can do to work towards zero emissions. So if I had to pick a theme for the nonfiction world, it would definitely be race. Um, So we are still learning, we're still looking into how race began, how we can stop racism what are the systems of racism, which is what the cast book is all about. Um, so it looks like that is, that seems to be our, the main concern on people's minds, which is, which is yeah. good because we have a lot of work to do.
1: Definitely. All right. Well, that's our chart. So let's talk new releases now. So the two new releases that I have to recommend are actually books I'm currently reading and I'm a little um, hard truths for myself. I'm a little behind on my review schedule. I was supposed to have both of these books done by today and that hasn't happened. Um, but I've had a lot of books. I'm on like nine for the year so far, so um, I, I, there's been a lot of reviews requested. Lots of books releasing. But um, the first one is Every Last Fear by Alex Finley. It's about an NYU student who gets terrible news one day that his entire family was found dead um, of a gas leak in a Mexico like hotel. Um, And of course there's um, the Mexican officials say it's an accident and the FBI says it's not an accident. And so of course, mystery is going to ensue. I'm sure there's tons of drama, not quite far enough into that book to tell you more, Um, but I'm super excited because it's like one of the most anticipated books of 2021. So super excited to read it. Um, And then The Castle School for Troubled Girls by Alyssa Scheinmill. I'm reading that. I'm just about finished. Um, And it's a YA fiction about a school for troubled girls. And it's like a castle in the middle of the woods, which is really creepy. And one of the girls is highly suspicious that the way they're doing things is more of an experiment than a treatment for these kids. And there's kids of all different types. There's cutters. Um, there's eating disorders, there's depression, there's um school skippers, there's all kinds of girls there. Um and it's intriguing, I will say. Like I want to know the final answer. And I'm almost there, thank goodness. So that's what new releases are out now. They both released today.
0: Both of them sound pretty interesting, I have to say.
1: I know. I'm excited. Um, and then recommendations, that we both have them. I'm super excited about this. And before we do that, I just want to throw out a challenge here. So, Megan, you and I both have very different reading patterns for the most part. Like, you read a lot more nonfiction than I do. Um, and yes. I read a lot of, like, mystery, thriller. I like YA fictions when I need something lighter to read, um, things like that. So my challenge is between now and, let's say, like, end of summer, because with you being a teacher and I work a lot of jobs, um, we don't have a lot of freedom. So we'll say by end of summer, we're going <laughs> to recommend a book to each other and read it. Any book we want. It can be like our favoriteest book of all time. And we have to read it and then report back here on if we liked it or not. Ooh, I dig this. I like any, it. <laughs> any book, because I don't pick up nonfiction because I'm just like, I should read more of them. But I'm like, I don't know which ones are good. And I got it's got to be good. It's got to be interesting. So make a good, or it'll take me until August to read it. <laughs> I got you, girl. All right, so we're going to do that. But until then, book recommendations right now. I know I mentioned it last time. It was The Girl from the Channel Islands by Jenny Lee Cote. It was a fantastic book um, taking place during the Nazi uh, takeover in Europe. Um, the Channel Islands are this little island off the coast of France, and they basically were um, a little safer than, like, the bombings and stuff. Um, The Germans took over the island, and, like, the Jewish people didn't get thrown into concentration camps, but they got labeled as Jews, Um, and so, and there was a lot of, like, starvation, and then if you did get in trouble, and there's a little love story in there, it was just a really, really good... Story, and it was told Jenny Leequ actually grew up in the Channel Islands. Her parents were there during the German invasion. And so she has kind of like a firsthand account, so it's very realistic on how things went down. Um, so that is a book recommendation for me and also the Shadow Man by Helen Field because I love Helen Field. She writes fantastic, slightly gory thriller novels, and there's always a really good mystery. And in this one, we got a character that we had read in her Perfect series before, where she it was like six books, Perfect, um, all the Perfect something, and um, we got to know one of the police in that those novels that we didn't really get to know too much before. So, very good,
0: very cool. And for me, it looks like both me and Kristen have like a German. <laughs> theme. Um, One of the books that um, I wanted to recommend, I know that Kristen, I think you read this one as well, is The Tattooist of uh, Auschwitz by Heather Morris. I read it so quickly. It was such a great novel. Heather Morris writes very easily um, and she writes very human stories. So what The Tattooist of Auschwitz is about is a main character uh, named Lau, who's a a Slovakian Jew um, who gets sent to Auschwitz. Um, and it's about his basically how he survives. He becomes the tattooist of Auschwitz, which comes with um, some perks um, because it is basically you're in a position where you're helping the Germans a little bit um, and how he uses that position to help the people around him. There's also a love story um, that is also involved um, in the novel as well. It just is a very I think, interesting, heartbreaking, and also, like, oddly hopeful <laughs> uh, story uh, of, of what happened in Auschwitz, so definitely recommend that
1: one. Can I just, I just want to jump in here for a second and say, if you, so I mean, that book is fantastic. Um, there's, like, a series of books similar to it. They're not by the same author, though. Um, there's The mm-hmm. Librarian of Auschwitz. And there is The Violinist of Auschwitz, which is personally out of the three of those that I've read, The, um, the, li- or the Violinist is my favorite. Um, but all of them are really stories about someone who had this tiny bit of power as a Jew and used mm-hmm. the perks they got with that to help those around them. And they don't always end in a happy way. But in a weird way, it gives you like this happy feeling because you knew that as terrible as that was, those people kind of like stuck together. And I love that about all of them. It's a little bit of, it's kind of like Anne Frank.
0: It's like it gives you a little bit of light amongst the the real yeah. like human evil that was going on in this time period. Um, so I definitely, yeah. I, I put those on my list because Kristen told me about them when I told her that I uh, read this book. Uh, and then the other one is a nonfiction book. It's called Outlier. It's by mm-hmm. Malcolm Gladwell. And what this book is is basically a series of stories about how we think about success and how we think about it wrong. So the narrative of success. Mm-hmm. So like like saying, like, you know, to be successful, you need to work hard. You need to do this. You need to do that. Um, he kind of breaks down. Those are kind of lies we tell tell each other or tell ourselves um, that there's other things that are going on with success besides those things. You don't have to work yourself to death. There's other things that are going on that leads to success, and some of it is in your control and some of it's not in your control. Um, So what I found super interesting about it is um, it made me question why we have this narrative of this, and I think it's to hide... Mm -hmm certain power dynamics that people have about um, about yeah. what success success actually is. Um, so it's, it, I think it's super interesting. And Malcolm Gladwell, he has some podcasts. He's just a really good storyteller. Um, he is not dry. Um, so I definitely recommend that book for that reason. Right. I like it. So what is going on right. with the book club, Kristen?
1: So book club's been a little weird lately. We've had some some drop in participation. Everyone's still there. I think with the holidays, it was just crazy and people are still trying to get a grasp of life. So February, we read a great book. Um, It was a romance. It was super like easy, good feel read um, called Blame It On Paris uh, by Jennifer Green. It was really good. I enjoyed it. Um, And we decided for March, we were going to let everyone read whatever they want to read. Um, and we've, we've already posted one thing about like, what are you reading this month? People all threw out the names of their books. So it's a good way to hear about different books you've never heard of. Um, we're going to be doing some polls on like what people want to see, maybe changing things up just a little bit. Um, but just, you know, it's, it's a book club for the reader. So we want them to enjoy it. So always looking to adapt, um, you know, ideas and such. So that's what we're doing. So read what you want. Get, get caught up on your reading goals. Like me, I'm super behind. <laughs> and that's what we're doing. So join us. Right on. So do it.
0: You heard it here. Yes. All right. I feel like we need, like, the SVU, like, theme song to start at this point.
1: Dun, dun, dun. What's that? That dun, dun.
0: <laughs> we go to court every time. <laughs> Um, Because it is time to talk about Mariska Hargitay So I guess we should start off with Why did you want to talk about her? I mean, because we just started the series This is the first person that came to both of our mi- minds At the same time, it felt like So
1: why her? Um. So when I think of, like, iconic television actresses or actors Mercer Hargitay is definitely at the top of my list because, one, it's not super common for shows to last as long as SVU has. And I think Mm -hmm. SVU has lasted that long because of the actors. A lot of shows are constantly putting in, and there's nothing wrong with this, the, you know, the new fresh faces, the super young people, replacing older characters with new, you know, no wrinkles, everything. We've watched Olivia Benson grow up on this show. I mean, she was young. There was a wrinkle in sight when she started this. Um, and now, I mean, mm-hmm. she's so freaking stunning. I hate her so much. But, um, I mean, <laughs> she's, a, she's more adult. She's a, a maturity level of a different caliber now. You know, she's got a kid. Um, so I just think watching Mariska Hargitay grow up on S.U. Um, with us and being able to see her evolve on there as well as she's just a really good freaking person in real life. Like she stands up being part of a show about sex crimes is enough because you see, even though it's all acting, like you still have to get in the mindset of these crimes and hear about them. So it has to take a toll. And she like, works with organizations that deal with like sex trafficking and um, like rape kits being on backlog and working to um, better those. She like adopts, she has adopted children. Um, I love the fact that she didn't get married until she was like much later in life. And I'm like, there's still hope um, that one day I'll do it. If I (laughs) decide to, I don't even like the idea of marriage at this point, but um, you know, I just think she's just a really good person and she's a phenomenal actress, and to have a show last this long with one character at the helm still, I mean, we have Ice-T, he's yeah. always been there, and he's fantastic, but that's the thing. They haven't replaced everyone with super young bucks.
0: Yeah, and like, and even, even Mariska Hargitay, um outstayed Ice-T um, because before Ice-T, it was... Uh, uh, Brian Cassidy and I think her name was like Monica yep. or something who um, so she's been there from episode one and she's only missed episodes yep. because of maternity leave that is the only reason yep. why um, she even missed an episode so in terms of being able to play a character for this long it's pretty un- mm-hmm. like unheard of uh, and especially it, a female and to keep it
1: interesting yeah, yeah. You, that's again. Yeah, we don't have a lot of female-led TV shows, and this she's really taken the helm, especially when Stabler left. Like she had to keep that going,
0: and she did. And and, and I think in terms of SVU, because I, I got the question a couple of days ago when I said I was going to do the show, which is how long do you think SBU will will continue? And I and I really honestly think the answer is as long as Mariska Hargitay keeps renewing her contract. <laughs> I think well, I, once I agree. she decides. Once she decides to retire, I'm pretty sure SVU will, will probably die with her. Not because I don't think that yep. they can um, write new episodes, but because Olivia Benson has become a character that I think is larger than the show itself. And
1: yeah, it's what very do you do
0: much.
1: Um, they've been talking recently a lot about Grey's Anatomy. People have been wondering if that show's going to end. And the producers have said, we'll do it as long as Ellen, I don't know how to say her name, Pompeo, comes back. Because you can't have Grey's Anatomy without Grey. So it's like you cannot have SVU without Olivia Benson. It was bad enough mm-hmm. when we lost Stabler, and she took the reins and held it up, and yeah. you can't
0: replace her. No, and like even even her character I feel, feel like just is – Exactly what SVU set out for, like in case anyone doesn't know, SVU as uh, so Olivia Benson is a product of rape. Her mother was raped. Um, she was born out of that circumstance. So she mm-hmm. her entire life <laughs> is basically surrounded by these cases that she is in charge of uh, pursuing. Mm-hmm. And so because of that, she takes everything so personally and i think it's that heart in the character that mariska hargitay puts into it that i think makes SBU more wa- more watchable and sustainable than the other law and orders were um yep. for that reason so so she's obviously been playing this character for a long time she is won one golden globe um has another golden Glo- globe nomination which Surprises me that there's not more Golden Globes for her. Um, and mm-hmm. seven, seven Emmy nominations and one Emmy win. Um, so so she should win more. I feel like she should win more. That seems kind of redundant. <laughs> um, that surprised me. Um, so I figured what we could do is just kind of break down um, some of our favorite moments of Mariska Hargitay as Olivia Benson.
1: Yes. Can I just say real quick before we break them down? Um, sure. We talk a lot about SVU because she's been doing it for so long. She has done quite a bit of others. There's a movie I watched. I cannot figure out the name. Um, she was on, like, I mean, she did, like, ER for a few seasons. She she did yeah. a lot of stuff. Um, if you look at her resume, it's Filled with all different kinds of TV shows, movies. Um, but she did a movie on, I want to say, like, Lifetime ones. And it was so good. She was a cop. And there was, like, Amish people. And it was, like, a crime um, in an Amish neighborhood. And I don't remember what it was called. I'm going to have to find it. But it was really good, and I really loved it. Um, so she can do just about anything, just so we're all clear. She can. Anything.
0: She definitely can. Chooses to live in Olivia Benson because she's such a great character. She just is. Yes, she's amazing. She can but. do
1: more. Ah, uh, the movie was Plain Truth, and it was about like an, an an Amish girl is charged with murder, and she's investigating. That's what it's called. It was really good. But anyway, back to favorite SVU episodes.
0: (laughs) SVU moments and why we chose them for her acting um, capabilities. So would you like to start? Mm -hmm. What is one of yours?
1: Um, So my absolute favorite SVU episode um, in general was, it's season five, episode 10. It's called Shaken. It's about a toddler who goes missing in the park while her nanny is like chatting. And then she's found really close nearby and she's like passed out. um, And they're worried that she was attacked and find out she has shaken baby syndrome. So they're trying to figure out who shook the baby. Um, And it's really hit. Like, I feel like as a female of um, motherly age, this was super like sad um, because in the episode, um, Olivia is, um, and Stabler are investigating this crime, and they start to suspect that the mom knows more than she's letting on. And so they charge her, and I remember in court, they're all sitting there watching, and the the medical examiner, I forget her name, the, the uh, African-American lady with the curly hair, she's incredible, I love her. Miranda? Um, I always love when she. I think it's Miranda. yes. I love when she just comes back. She's my favorite. Um, she still makes appearances. I love it. Um, so she is describing um, the prosecution's asking her, um, like what, what's the baby going through? Because with chicken baby syndrome, like the baby's bones are brittle, and um, Miranda's like, uh, when the nurse changed her diaper, her hip broke. Because of how frail it is, because mm-hmm. the brain was so damaged, and I remember watching Olivia's face, and she just looks utterly like gutted, and then the mom mm-hmm. stands up and like screams for them to stop talking about it, and everyone's like super appalled but like devastated for the mother because she's clearly like, "What have I done?" and she's like, "I'm sorry, just take her off life support. I don't want to do this anymore. um don't let her suffer and it was just I just thought like that reaction you can't make you can be a great actress but I feel like that's a really hard thing to fake um and so for sure especially not she does talking. It so well oh yeah mm-hmm. no it was just like her face was just like everyone's thoughts right there were on her face
0: yeah for sure um Mine and I honestly think this is probably the reason why she won her Golden Globe slash Emmy because it was season seven that she won both I think mm-hmm. in that same year, um, and that was season seven's nine one one. So it is basically an Olivia centric episode. Um, she's in a fancy dress in a conference room, talking to uh, a young girl named Maria. Um, and they're trying to figure out where she is um, by keeping on her phone because she's in an undisclosed location. She's been kidnapped. She's scared. Um, and just the amount of, like, emotional acting that Mariska had to do that entire episode where she's literally just talking to this little girl who's scared and, like, hung up on her or the call drops and they never know if they're going to reach her again. Um, it was just intense. It was such an intense episode, and her performance was ridiculously amazing. Um, and the fact that it was just a just, Yes, it was just her in a room, talking in a, co- like a conference call on speaker with a little girl. Um, and it, I think it's just that, that ability to emote that allows us to connect with her in ways that I don't mm-hmm. think any other cop character has. Yeah, because there's a vulnerability to Benson. And usually you don't think of vulnerability when you come, when you think of cops, you know, like in terms of like most procedural, like law and order, the regular law and order, they're really good. They definitely have their drama, but they kind of went out of their way trying not to be vulnerable. Whereas I think Benson right. embraces her invulnerability, which I think is pretty cool.
1: I think it's important that in that show a lot, Benson often talks to people about SVU and how you absolutely should not do it long-term. And that most, like, SVU cops only last so many years um, because of the intensity and the, like, PTSD from all these cases. And people are like, well, mm-hmm. you've been doing it for 20 years. And she's like, yep, but, like, I was kind of, like, this is, I was made for this. And so I think it tells a lot, like, she, I think because she shows her vulnerability and she lets, you know, she gets, lets herself care about these, the victims and she lets herself um, feel the feelings, I think that's why she's lasted so long.
0: For sure. And I think that that Mariska's acting allows us to see that. And it has allowed the executive producers and the people who make the show to continue to want to tell those stories.
1: Yeah. All right. So my next one, I'm going to talk about um, season six, episode two, called debt. Um, This one was really good because any time that there's younger female victims really shows um, you see a lot of a different side of her. Um, You know, it's one thing when it's male Um, But unfortunately in sex crimes There's more female than male Reporters Um, And so in this one it was um, Two sisters found alone in an apartment And um, They're little And one of them said Like there's bottles everywhere And they asked the little girl Like you know what's going on She was like well I was told every time The clock gets to one of the Marks that were made I'm supposed to feed The baby and the mom went to pay um, her bill because she was brought here legally and or her or her sister, I don't even remember. She was paying for someone to have been brought here and she winds up dead. And so it's really sad. It was really sad, but there was these two adorable little um, Chinese girls and you really saw, again, that motherly side. And maybe it's because I'm a mom and that's what made all these my favorite episodes. But it takes a special type of cop, I think, to deal with little kids and these horrific crimes that happen um, to them and around them. And so this one, I just I just really, I think it shined a light on a realistic problem. And I love the way Benson handled herself with these kids and how it was always, let's put them first, got to find them. We gotta find their mother, we gotta find them family, we got a problem so this doesn't happen again and I don't know, I just really mm-hmm. liked it and the earnestness of her
0: delivery on it is 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 just my myth, isn't?
1: yeah, absolutely all
0: right, The next one is an episode that I will be straight up on. I still have nightmares about <laughs> um. <laughs> And that season 15, it's called Beast's Obsession. Uh, William Lewis is a big villain in the SVU world. You know, there's a couple of people Mm -hmm. who who get like a more than one episode arc. Um, And he was definitely one of those uh, those villains who had more than one episode. He becomes a bit obsessed, not a bit, really obsessed with Olivia Benson. And (laughs) uh, in this episode, he kidnaps her. After escaping from prison, um, and this entire episode is just one giant emotional mind, like just craze. Because Olivia, this amazing, amazingly strong person, is in a in a place of physical, emotional, and mental vulnerability, with a crazy guy who is very unpredictable, and super sociopathic. Um, and so you, you get to see Olivia get kidnapped. You get to see her have absolutely no power in the situation. You get to see him force alcohol down her throat. It looked like he might sexually assault her um, at various times, and I think he kept playing at it. Um, and then Olivia Benson eventually escapes and then has to make a choice to kill him because she can <laughs> um, and live yeah. with that decision or wait for backup to, to come. So it's just, it's such a, it is such a physically and emotionally demanding episode to watch that you can only imagine how physically and emotionally draining it was to act um, in such a high stakes episode. And it's this episode that made people even more angry with Stabler <laughs> because it was like, why didn't Stabler help? Why didn't Stabler ask if Olivia's okay? Um, because after this episode, Olivia exhibits PTSD because it's a traumatic event. She goes from um, someone who is not just pursuing sex, you know, sex criminals and, and helping sexual victims of sexual assault. She herself becomes a victim in some fashion as well. So she's she's dealing with it for being a cop and also a victim at the same time after this point. And it's just a really well acted episode.
1: Interesting. I uh they I don't know, any time a Lady herself in trouble, I get stressed out. Mm-hmm. I'm like, No, you can't me? kill offensive mm-hmm. I'm always convinced they're gonna me? kill her without notice.
0: That would be called the series finale. Yep. <laughs> yep. God, now I'm worried that when <laughs> the
1: show ends, they're gonna kill her. I know. It, it better don't be let a retirement Go party. away quietly with her son.
0: It better be a retirement party.
1: <laughs>
0: right. Alright, yeah. I think we have time to share one more moment between the two of us. So what is your next moment that you wanted to mention?
1: Um, I'll just mention a quick one. Um, Season two, episode nine called Pixies. It was kind of like a, what's that called when you like guess the future? (laughs) Mm -hmm. It was was about a gymnastic sex abuse scandal. Coaches with their gymnast students, uh, which as we know, USA Gymnastics has been going through a windfall of accusations and problems. They just had another coach. Kill himself because he was being charged with, like, 24. So it was kind of crazy looking back now. Uh, But what I love about that episode is when they hear stories, like, Finn looks like, oh, that's gross, or, oh, my God, that's crazy. But you could see the horror. Again, it's her emoting, like, the horror on her face when people talk about, like, oh, yeah, they've been getting sexually abused for years. And just her face, like, What? (laughs) And you know she's gonna work till the end of her days trying to fix it, and that's I think why also she's never left is Olivia Benson wants to solve them all.
0: She does. Um, and then the one that Ooh. I will share, which is kind of different because we've been talking a lot about emoting and vulnerability. Um, mm-hmm. This one's a little different. This is, this is season ten. The episode's called Zebras. There's this like medical examiner named Stucky who has blonde hair, who I think all of us thought was just stupid. Turns out he's a little crazy. (laughs) Um, And he takes Elliot hostage for a moment. Uh, No, I think it was took took Olivia hostage. Um, And then Elliot comes down and she... Starts to role play a little bit because she has Stucky, who's a bit emotionally unstable, who is threatening is. Elliot. <laughs> oh, yes. And then so she's trying to, like, trying to do reverse psychology, like being like, You're amazing, Stucky. And she turns against Elliot to play this up. And at one point, she actually slaps him. <laughs> and he, she's saying because. such mean things to Elliot. And it sounds like she means it, but she doesn't mean it. She's just doing it to, to, to try to find the power in right. the situation. But, like, yep. Mariska Hargitay can also play an angry angry woman very, very well um, Yeah. Yep. In, in a very stressful situation. So I, I wanted to make sure we mentioned that um, as well. So basically, in summary, Mariska Hargitay is amazing. Mm-hmm. She's done other things, she is. but one of the greatest gifts she has given the world is breathing an amazing life into Olivia Benson, who has become a character that is bigger than the show she's on. Um, yes, and can I Yeah,
1: knowing that she's crazy big and important, when you remember the love guru when he used to go Mariska Hargitay to everyone in that movie, have you mm-hmm. ever seen it? So yeah. he's like Mariska Hargitay when they say goodbye, and then he meets Mariska Hargitay, and he's like Mariska Hargitay, Mariska Hargitay. <laughs> I was like, that's funny. <laughs> the love guru's praying to her. <laughs> yeah, I mean, she is someone to
0: pray to, um, but she emotes really well, and just she, she honestly, there is no one in this world who can play Olivia Benson better than she can. I just cannot picture it for the life of me.
1: Yeah, I don't know. Nobody could do it. She's amazing. We love you, Mariska. <laughs> we do.
0: All right. Nerdy obsession time. Um, so, Kristen, do you have any
1: nerdy obsessions going on right now? Um, does house decor count? Like, I've been really busy totally redoing certain areas of my house. So, like, I had this entryway, and I spent a lot of time. I bought a bench and a bookshelf slash coat rack. It turned out I had a cement wall, and I had to have a friend come and drill holes to hang it. But I, I set up this whole area, and then I got a new TV stand I had to assemble. I had professional pictures taken of my daughter and I, and those got hung up on the wall. I've been spending a lot of time just, like, making my home more homey. I've been doing that, too. It's, like, I think it's a side
0: effect of being home more.
1: (laughs) I know. I'm, like, well, this place better be real comfortable.
0: Yes. Like, and I think it's, like, because when we're busy, we always do the, like, oh, I should do that. But then it just always gets pushed aside. But when you're at home, you can't ever ignore it. It's, like, every single day you're, like, I should do that. I should do that. I guess I'm doing that. Um, <laughs> mine also I guess pandemic I have bought myself a Nintendo Switch
1: please tell me you have so, Animal Crossing
0: I just downloaded Animal Crossing I'm going to create my island tonight um, we gotta be friends and super- I'm gonna,
1: you can come to my island and I will give you presents cool okay sweet I, I got clean so back for the show <laughs> Um
0: all right So we want you uh, to give us feedback uh, on what to discuss in the world of nerdem. So please follow us at TalkNerdy underscore radio. We would love to hear from you. Uh, Follow NerdProbs.com for articles, blogs, and reviews. And join our book club called Just One More Chapter. Um, Me and Kristen will be back next week on Tuesday. um, And we're going to be talking about Another actor or actresses, actress that we have not decided. I'm thinking Meryl Streep. Would you be down for that?
1: Uh, Yes.
0: Okay. So we're going to talk about Meryl Streep (laughs) um, next Tuesday at the same time. All right. Bye, everyone. Have a wonderful, wonderful week.
1: Bye-bye.